You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. The serious side of the J. Rouse Show is coming up next right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. 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 No more, it's none of my business. No more, I'm sure they'll work it out. No more, boys will be boys. No more, I'll say something next time. No more, why didn't she tell anyone? No more, she was flirting with him. No more, she's too smart to let that happen. No more, not my problem. No more, he didn't mean it. No more, why doesn't she just leave? No more, he said he was sorry. No more, she was drunk. No more, she was asking for it. No more, she seems just fine to me. No more, she should have been more careful. No more, we don't talk about that. No more bystanding. No more ignorance. No more excuses. No more. No more. No more. WWE Superstar Big Show here to tell you if you've been drinking, get a ride. Take a cab. Find another safe way to get home. Cops all across the country are cracking down on drunk driving. They will see you before you see them. Drive sober or get pulled over. Online radio at its best. Online radio at its best. Hey, 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 good morning. If you're ready, map of the south. Let's do this. I'm telling you, I am first very honored that you would join me tonight. He has a very limited time spot, so we want to bring in Mr. Alan Farrell right away. Hey, how are you, Kathleen? You know what? I'm going to make you do what I do, baby. Man, what's crack a lacking, baby? What's crack a lacking? It's time for the serious side of the Jay Rowe Show. Don't try to call me out, princess. You can take your love and true purpose and stick it. She's a bitch. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Network. Good Sunday morning to you folks. Welcome to the serious side of the J. Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. I'm the show's host, J. Rouse. We should be up and running pretty soon. We apologize for the inconvenience. So sit back and relax and enjoy some smooth jazz until then. You're in tune to the serious side of the J. Rouse Show right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio at its best. We should be broadcasting very soon. Keep it locked right here. Sunday morning to you folks. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Giles Snyder. 
In Germany, the Social Democrats have voted in favor of forming a new government with Chancellor Angela Merkel's conservative bloc. As we Nicholson reports, uh, the vote puts an end to more than five months of political uncertainty in Europe's largest economy. Two-thirds of the center-left Social Democrats' core membership have backed the deal following intense debate within the party. Its younger members campaigned against entering into another government with Merkel's conservatives, concerned it will do too much damage to the SPD's credibility. Germany has been without a government since the September election after coalition negotiations with the Greens and Libertarians Angela Merkel thrashed out a deal with the SPD, who were originally keen to go into opposition. Merkel is expected to be sworn in for her fourth term by mid-March. This new grand coalition means the far-right populist AFD are the largest opposition party. For NPR News, I'm Edmi Nicholson in Berlin. Voters are going to the polls in today's closely watched parliamentary election in Italy. Recent polls suggest Italy's populist parties will be the biggest vote-getters, but they are not expected to get enough support to form a majority in, in, the, in the campaign. CNN has published audio of President Trump joking about Chinese President Xi Jinping's move to end presidential term limits in China. She is a great gentleman. He's now president-elect. <laughs> 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 want to give that a shot CNN obtained the audio of Trump making the remarks at a fundraiser at Mar-a-Lago. Legislators in China are preparing for tomorrow's start of the annual National People's Congress. They are expected to approve changes to allow Xi to serve as president in depth. For tomorrow's start of the annual National People's Congress, they are expected to approve changes to allow Xi to serve as president indefinitely. The nation's largest pro-Israel organization opens a three-day meeting in Washington, D.C. today. NPR's Windsor Johnston reports that Vice President Pence and Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu will headline AIPAC. The American-Israel Public Affairs Committee's policy conference this year. Netanyahu will address the event after he meets with President Trump on Monday. He's Netanyahu will address the event after he meets with President Trump on Monday. He's expected to use a large part of his speech to praise the Trump administration for efforts it's taken to fulfill AIPAC's agenda that includes moving the U.S. Embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. AIPAC is expected to push Congress and American allies to strengthen the Iran nuclear deal. Officials say a proposal to restart peace talks between the Israelis and Palestinians might also be introduced. The Palestinian Authority walked out on three peace talks after President Trump recognized Jerusalem as Israel's capital. Winter Johnston, NPR News, Washington. And from Washington, you're listening to NPR News. Coming up next on the serious side. Attorney General Jeff Sessions is now firing back at President Trump. Uh, Earlier, the president tweeted this. Why is Attorney General Jeff Sessions asking the inspector general to investigate potentially massive FISA abuse? Will take forever, has no prosecutorial power, and already late with the reports on Comey, etc. Isn't the IG, the attorney general, an Obama guy? Why not use Justice Department lawyers? Disgraceful, close quote. Let's go to our 
Justice reporter Laura Jarrett. She's over at the Justice Department. The Attorney General is now breaking his silence and firing back against the President. And I want to read you the statement that we just received from him in full, Wolf. He says, we have initiated the appropriate process that will ensure complaints against this department will be fully and fairly acted upon if necessary. And this is really important. He says, as long as I am the Attorney General, I will continue to discharge my duties with integrity and honor, and this department will continue to do its work in a fair and impartial manner according to the law and the Constitution. So, Wolf, I just, I can't convey enough. A chaotic week for the Trump administration struggling with one crisis after another, including right now as the Dow just closed down more than 400 points after President Trump announced this afternoon his intention to impose new tariffs on steel and aluminum. It had been down more than 500 points earlier. The tariffs raising concern about a possible trade war. This comes as the White House grapples with another bombshell report involving presidential son-in-law and senior advisor Jared Kushner. The New York Times revealing the Kushner family business received loans from companies totaling half a billion dollars amidst Kushner in his capacity as a White House official meeting with the heads of those companies. She started off with us right from day one. Hope Hicks joined President Trump's team before he was running for president and when no one believed he was ever going to run for president and she's basically been by his side for three years ever since um, until her departure. Good evening. Uh, we just concluded our questioning of Hope Hicks, uh, Hope Hicks for the day. It's um, still a little bit of a mystery specifically as to why Hope is leaving. You know, a lot of people have quite correctly noted that she announced her resignation or her departure one day after she was forced to testify. It was the year of Rush Limbaugh spoke, made a little bit of history. Uh, we were somewhat lost as a, um, as, a, as a group. We had just elected the first African-American president, and that was a big deal. And that was a hill that we got over, and it was something that we were all proud of. And we weren't sure what to do. And uh, a little bit of cynicism, what do we do? This is a terrible thing. We elected Mike Steele to be the RNC chair because he's a black guy. That was the wrong thing to do. Welcome to the serious side of the J. Ryle Show with Dr. Princess Odilia, Mr. Jerome Esprit, and Mr. L.E.S. Now here is your host, J. Ryle. Uh, the world hasn't come to an end just yet. Yep. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I said it best, you're right. All right, uh, of course, our colleague Jerome Spree usually joins us after his commitment. We're Clear Channel Radio, so we hold it down until he gets here. So the number is 347-850-1272, You can call in and be a part of the conversation. We'd love to hear from you. You can go check out our world-famous chat, which should be open right now. You can also hang out on social media where we monitor those sites all during the show. Put your comments there, or you can call in if you're too shy to call in. You can always put your comments there, and that's okay. I know sometimes people are on the move. You may be in church listening through a head device. That's okay. We love it. All right, once again, great show this morning for you. A lot going on. A very chaotic uh, week in the White House. We're going to talk about that uh, here. We're going to also talk about, well, of course, I know. We can, yeah. It, it could be every week. Uh, we're going to also have a. Uh, we're also going to do another edition of uh, Your Thoughts, Please. A very popular segment that's coming up in our second set. And of course, our third set. We're going to talk about a story that we really didn't get an opportunity to talk about. Uh, it happened a few weeks back. Uh, Michael Steele. Comments that were made at CPAC about him. Uh, and so we're going to dive into that topic. I really wanted to have that conversation. But with everything going on, you have to pick and choose. What do you want to talk about? In this new wave or this new presidency or this new age of Trump, I should say. Once again, the number three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Let's get into it. All right, Mr. Elias, man. Very chaotic week in the White House. Uh, Hope Hicks gone. Uh, uh, Jared Kushner under investigation. Sources close to the president saying that he is isolated. He is mad as hell. And then he's going after Jeff Sessions as well, Mr. Elias. So, what do you make of what's happening uh, in the West Wing? But more importantly, at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. <laughs> I mean, it's going to continue to be a chaotic spot, man. This this guy does nothing but cause chaos, man. I mean, think about think about you know what just happened this week as far as them uh, with, with Putin, where he sent out the uh, he sent out the uh, uh, the. Uh, uh, well, he the, sent out a pro- propaganda video uh, with animation of of, of, of uh, Florida, them simulating uh, missiles hitting Florida, saying that they and now he, have a, a cruise missile. Yeah, go ahead. And, and he's in a, and he's in a fight with Alec Baldwin. He's he's talking to Alec, but he's tweeting with Alec Baldwin. This is supposed to be our commander in chief. This is what this is what we we this is what we deal with, and people are overjoyed over it, man. They 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 love this cat. I mean, it just seems like to me some of these people are just really. Don't don't give a damn. They're stuck on stupid. I don't know. Well, I think stuck on stupid is probably a more appropriate uh, uh, tag for these guys because when you think about everything that he's doing, uh, look, this guy. Like, this is the reason why we have nepotism laws in this country. You know, so you have Ivanka Trump. You know, now she's in trouble with some nonsense. Uh, Jared Kushner. Looks like this guy accept, accepted over, almost a half a billion dollars while having meetings in the White House. I just cannot believe in this day and age, I don't care what side of the aisle that you're on, that, you know, first we are Americans. And for the Republicans to sit back and haven't, you haven't heard a damn peep out of Paul Ryan. Nothing. 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 Mitch McConnell, Nothing. not a peep. Mm-hmm. For these guys... There should be something in the Constitution about people who sit back and allow this to happen. You know, C- uh, uh, Tucker Carlson, which I can't stand that guy, he said something this past week saying, look, 
uh, when he talked about Trump, because Trump also mentioned that he was going to take the guns, right? Going to take the guns. And so Tucker Carlson said, hey, look, man, if President Obama would have said that, we would be talking about impeachment. Yeah. And so even, you know, and, and don't get me wrong, because we've talked about this on this show before. Don't let a Republican fool you. Republicans are Republicans. Everyone was kissing yes. John McCain's ass when he, you know, voted and said, oh, he voted down health care. But then he came back a few months later and voted for that tax bill, which in some ways mm-hmm. had things in there to kill subsidies for Obamacare. So, yeah, they may have a true stand-up moment, but keep in mind, at their, at their basic core, Mr. Elias, they are Republicans. They belong to the GOP. Yeah, you know me. Let's say you. Yeah. Well, they, of course they do, man, because they, they vote party before they do country. Anything that's going to – name your last time you've seen a moderate Republican vote something that's going to help the country. You're not going to see it. They're going to vote their party before everything else. And the bad part of it is you can tell what kind of people these are because when they gerrymandered the districts, so many people knew damn well they were going to lose their seats, and they still voted for their party. It's just they don't they don't want to help anybody out, and they, these are supposed to be the the, the quote unquote Christian right uh, Christian people that that are evangelicals. Yeah. Yes, that that they don't give a damn, and they're just hurting all kind of all kind of poor people. They don't give a damn. They don't. But the but the Somebody Republican me that Party is a whole. My butt, man. Mm-mm. But but the Republican Party as a whole, Mr. Elias, is ha- look look look, and I'm go- I'm going to go back to what President Obama said because I really and truly believe this. President Obama says, look, bottom line is, is that you know this country needs a two party system, right? It really and truly does. And so for exactly. us to sit here and say that, well, but Mr. Elias, even a two part look, George Bush is even coming out against Donald Trump. You know, Barbara Bush said, look, I can't stand this guy. So it gets to a point where, you know, look, I have respect for you if you stay true to your guns. If you are a conservative, that's what you believe in, so be it. But what this guy is doing is going beyond party politics. That's the issue with this thing, Mr. Elias. It is going beyond party politics. Well, Jay, my, my, my whole deal is this. Um <laughs> You you're 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 steadily making the the uh, the wealthy even even more wealthier. You know that's just that's just that's just greed to me. That's all that is. There's nothing more than just greed. So the bottom line is, you know, when when does when when does it actually stop? When does when does it really actually stop? Whereas it you you're not going to just hurt the party. Just I mean not to hurt poor people just so you can line your pockets even more. You're already filthy rich, you know. I, I mean, but, but when, see, when does okay, it stop? I, but I get that. I, I, I get that, Mr. Elias. I get that. But at the end of the day, you know, people. Listen, man. This is the reason why America is so great, right? Everybody has an opinion. It's just, you know, North Korea. Everyone has to think like the, the damn dear leader over there, you know. In in, in in communist countries, you know, it's one party, one way. So I like the diversity. I'm not even going to get mad at them if they feel that. Look, if I'm rich, you guys are going to help my pockets. How many people? Look, if you walk into a store and they're having a sale, you don't walk in and say, oh, well, you know, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I'm not going to pay the regular price. I, you know, I'm not going to take the sales price. So, you, you know, listen, if you think something's going to benefit you, regardless of how much money you have, ain't more power to you. 
We're not in that category. Yeah, but Jack, we're not in that when you, when you're so shoving it down my throat, there's a... When you're shoving it down my throat, there's an entirely it down? different okay. the, the tax bill. Okay, the tax that. bill. It was very unpopular. Listen. It was very unpopular. They, they, did not, they did not vote for what the American people wanted. What they did was shove it down our throat and said, take it and shut it's up. It's not unpopular right now. Not with the polls. Polls are saying people are liking it. Well, they're saying what polls? Their what polls? What polls? Trust I haven't seen an increase in my Let, check yet. Well, you know what? That's true. I haven't seen it either. All right, let's bring in the uh, smartest man in the world, our colleague, and only uh, Jerome Spree. Well, <laughs> Mr. Jerome Spree, I should say, from SpreeRadio.net, and the guy who brings you every Sunday on a need to know basis. Good morning, Jerome. How are you? Hey, good morning, folks. How you doing? Good morning, Jerome. Just another hey, day in Trump land. All right, all right. So I think you heard some of this conversation. So, Jerome, I don't have a problem with the GOP. I mean, I don't have a problem with them voting for their agenda, right? I mean, because I'm on the other side of that. But what I, my problem here is, is how they sit back and watch this blatant, blatant. They, 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 this guy is breaking rules on top of rules on top of rules. The Obama administration, they were trying to get them on Benghazi. They were trying to, you know, get them on Reverend Wright. All these crazy, nonsensical, freaking uh, 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 scandals, quote unquote, in their minds. But this guy has his family in the White House. You know, Jared Kushner, five hundred billion million dollars loans after he met with uh, heads of banks at the White House. President Trump sleeping with strippers and doing all kind of. I mean, these guys haven't said a damn thing, man. And at some point in time, you have to say, look, I may not agree with you. But we both agree that breaking the law is breaking the law, and something has to happen. They haven't said a damn thing, Jerome, during this last week. Nothing. Nothing from yeah. Mitch McConnell. Nothing from Paul Ryan. Nothing. Yeah, you know who lets them off the hook? I think everybody pretty who? much lets them off the hook, right? So when they want to come out yeah. and argue for, um, you know, like you said, when you, when you say, oh, they're polling, taxes are polling well, um, Understand what LES said. What what polling? Because you also got polling that says that Donald Trump is at forty nine percent. And it's like true what polling. Right? True. That is not true. So if you look at somebody like Rasmussen or somebody like that, mm. those guys are Republican leaning. That means they'll yeah, say in the print, read the poll. If you can actually go mm. to the poll data and at the bottom It'll tell you the percentage of Republicans that were in that survey opposed to the uh, right. percentage of anybody else. So, you know, they're, they're really good with deceit, man. And so I think that at some point we have to own that as our responsibility as citizens to not um, listen to them fools. Like, I think that's, uh, that's our thing now because apparently they can't handle telling the truth. So we have to be the arbiter of, um, of justice on this. And so when somebody says, hey, you know, uh, and I think media is wrong for this, um, they're having the, the White House is having a press conference for, um, I don't know, for uh, um, St. Patrick's Day. They need to not show up then, too. They need to stop feeding them attention until they start giving us some honesty. It need to be our honesty as journalists, uh, from, from that perspective of being honest, as journalists, to be the arbitrators of truth, then. I'm not saying we need to be judgmental 
um, and, and, and only use facts that support us. I'm saying when we know people are lying, we need to call them out as liars. So even when it's not raining outside and a liar comes to you and says, oh, but it's going to rain, you need to not, not even put them on TV. Because they're really, really good at this, and they've been cultivating this for eons because they had practice for eight years during Obama. You know, they're going to they're gonna, uh, they're gonna do something to your grandmother. They're going to have death panels. Remember that? And they just really yeah. worked that, that people were covering that nonsense. And so now we, they, you take away, they didn't take away health care because health care is still in the book, but they definitely took right. away the, um, the mandate part, which excludes a lot of people. So, again, if we just kind of think back a little bit, Obama administration, or even when they were debating health care, they didn't want the mandate in there either, not the Democrats. But they said this is the only way we can guarantee that everybody would be in there. So it was the Republicans that stuck some provision in there just to sink it, and it still didn't sink it. So taking the mandate out is not going to sink it. It was kind of symbolic to them because they're deceptive. People who lie, lie. So we need to call, call them all out. You know, the John McCain's of the world, um, Mitch McConnell's of the world, especially Ryan. I mean, not especially Ryan, because Mitch McConnell lies Coward. more than anybody else. So, He's you know, coward. when we start looking at this stuff, we need to be arbitrators and can't be mad at them for being liars. We already know who they are. So, technically, we can't be shocked. Because then, you know, everybody else listening to us will be like, they must be, they must be crazy. <laughs> like, for us not to know that they liars? Hey, that's a whole other story. So I can't but, help him but, on that. But let me ask. But let me. But let me ask you this. And here's. And here's where, for me, the disconnect is. At some point in time, and, and let me say this. And 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 one of the things, Mr. Elias, and I talked about, we have to make sure we get in and out of these breaks like we're supposed to. So, Mr. Elias, I'm watching the clock. I promise you. All right. So listen. Uh, the thing that gets me with this whole situation is. That the Republicans are so quiet, Jerome. And when you look at now, Texas has started their early uh, primary voting already, and it looks like, based on some of the early numbers, that the Republicans are going to be in trouble in 2018 because they're showing this information here in this state. And I tell you what, Democrat, hey, look, the Democrats right now, based on polling outside of polls, now I know how that is, because people, we talked to white women before they went in and voted for Trump, and then they went in there and pulled the lever, but folks are saying that the statistics right now is telling us that come November, the Republicans are in trouble. And I tell you what, I'm grinning from ear to ear. I'm grinning from ear to ear. But Hope Hicks is gone, you know. She, she's gone. Yeah. You know, oh, we told a white lie. A lie is a lie is a lie is a lie. But go ahead, Jerome. I heard, heard you was trying to get in. I, I was going to I was gonna say, you know, the polling still, think about it this way. The polling was right in the Clinton race, in the, in the presidential. She won by three million, right? The polling was right. right. So what's going yeah. on is like, you know, if we look nationally since 2016 race, and we're talking like state houses and special elections. Special elections. The Democrats have flipped 39 and the Republicans four since 2016. I, I don't know why this is like, like um, you know, 
pants on fire moment for for mainstream media saying or or for political pundits i don't really understand those guys either but that whole thing is like we think a wave is coming a wave already hit you if you already flipped 39 and you only won four it your your yeah politi- what i think what they're depending on is people having short-term memory but it's not working because if they, they, we already flipped if you already flipped 39 it is not working, and they don't know how to turn that spigot off. They're used to being the, the party of meanness. So they can't be in control when you are constantly badgering somebody because technically you're not used to having power, so now you don't even know how to govern. They're going to be effective See, at that's a negative the negative party. Yeah. That's the key, man. That is the key, what you just said, that they cannot govern. They cannot govern at the national level. Uh, and uh, it's going to be a problematic, you know, this 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 tax war. I mean, not tax war. This trade war thing that this guy has just kicked off. You know, George Bush tried this uh, during his term, and it didn't work. And he came back and admitted it, that it didn't work. But yet, still, this guy he just stays up and he just does all this crazy stuff. Man, I don't know where we're going, uh, but but we will definitely see. All right. Uh, Wait a minute. The tax didn't work when the taxes didn't work during Reagan either. So although you're saying. People are feeling good I mean, about the, the taxes. The, the, the trade tariffs. No, no, no. I'm talking about taxes. About trying to do. Okay. No, no, no. But I'm talking about taxes. You're saying the tariff, the tariff didn't work because it didn't work during Bush. I am saying the taxes yeah. didn't work because that didn't work during Reagan. Oh, okay. When you put out taxes right. like that and you don't pay for them, it'll take you about a year for it to start kicking in. Yeah. So once we start shedding jobs like crazy and everybody has these side taxes, like what he's trying to do with the steel, uh, steel aluminum stuff imports. When your car prices right. start going up, when your can of soda start going up, when that you don't, you have unintended um, consequences because of um, because of legislation. So when taxes go up, you get twenty dollars, but your 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 um, the end year the end of the year taxes is going to be higher. And what's going to happen is that you're going to watch your ancillary cost of going to McDonald's or or paying your water bill because they're not getting state money back. When that stuff starts going up, see how far $20 would take your butt when your costs go up by 60 Right. Absolutely. Well, but, well said. Well done. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous. You're, you're, you're absolutely correct about that, man. Good job. All right, guys. Listen, uh, it's time for, uh, in four minutes or less, something that you need to know this morning. We're going to hear from Van Jones. Now, you guys know who Van Jones is, right? All right, we're going to hear from Van Jones. He's an author, political activist, and commentator, and he's going to talk about how our criminal justice system targets certain communities. Here we go. We'll be right back after this. And Princess O.D. is here, too. We're bringing Look, right well. now, uh, while you're looking at this on your screen in your hand or on your computer, there's somebody just like you who's sitting in a prison cell. And they didn't do much more than you did, you know, some crazy weekend. You didn't get caught. They got caught. And they can never get uncaught. The United States of America is now the number one incarcerator of human beings in the world, in the history of the world. Uh, We have about 5% of the world's population. We have 25% of the world's prisoners. Um, we are we have more people locked up than China. China, who has a billion people, they got fewer prisoners than we do. You know, a lot of times people say, well, if you don't want to do the time, don't do the crime. Really? 
Have have you ever committed a crime? You got people who are doing more drugs in on college campuses, in uh, uh, yacht clubs, country clubs. We all know that's going on, but the SWAT team never shows up there. The SWAT team shows up in the housing projects where you got poorer people doing fewer drugs, and those people go to prison. But think about it. What if one of the times when you were breaking the law, when you had something illegal in your pocket, in your car, at your party, the police had kicked in those doors, would you want to be known for the rest of your life based on what happened that night? That is what is happening to millions of people. If rich folks' kids get in trouble, they go to rehab. Poor folks' kids get in trouble, they go to prison. And you spend $100,000 per year per kid to lock a kid up. When you could have spent a fraction of that and turned them into a NASA scientist, turned them into a, a fashion icon. When people come home from prison, they're not given the opportunity to start over. You leave a physical prison and you go into a social prison where you can't get a job, you can't get a student loan, you can't rent an, rent an apartment. How are people supposed to start over? And what happens to neighborhoods when you take a disproportionate number of people out for minor offenses and you send them back home with no hope and no opportunity. There are no more excuses to have this horrible system continue when there is now finally bipartisan agreement that it is a tragedy to do this. Not only do you have President Obama and the Democrats, you now actually have uh, people like Paul Ryan. Coke Industries, Newt Gingrich, all saying the same thing. We are locking up too many people. We're wasting too much money. We're, we're wasting too much genius in America. And it's time to do something. Informative Celeste was sponsored by the TJRS Radio Network. Online radio at its best. We'll be right back after we hear from President Obama talks about the Obama Foundation. When I left office in January, I asked of you the same thing I asked of you way back in 2008. I asked you to believe not in my ability to bring about change, but in yours. When Michelle and I launched the Obama Foundation, we turned to you first. We wanted to hear your ideas and help you lift up good work that's already going on in your communities. We read your letters, your emails, and your submissions to Obama.org. I sat down with young people from Chicago to Berlin to Jakarta to hear directly from the future leaders we want to cultivate. And what makes me so hopeful, so optimistic, is that so many of you have shown up, dived in, and embrace the kind of active citizenship that makes our democracy work. Civic leaders like Sheldon Smith, a Chicagoan who works to instill young African-American dads like himself with the skills to be positive role models and responsible parents. Like Tricia Shetty, who started an organization in India aimed at helping victims of sexual abuse find resources and support online. And like Emily May, a New Yorker who's working to bridge divides by bringing people with diverse views together over the simple joys of a shared meal and honest conversation. One of the things you told us is how much you want to hear from one another, from folks who aren't like you, who live in different places and are tackling unique challenges of their own. And that's why this October, 
we're bringing together hundreds of leaders from all around the world for hands-on exchange of ideas in my hometown and the future site of the Obama Presidential Center, the city of Chicago. This leadership summit will be a place to gather and learn from one another, and then go back to your communities to lead others in the hard work of change. In the weeks and months ahead, we'll be kicking off more initiatives and opportunities for people like you to get involved with the Obama Foundation's mission. That mission is simple. We want to inspire and empower people to change the world. And we hope you'll be a part of it. Head over to Obama.org and join us in shaping our next chapter. Thanks a lot. Welcome back here. 347-850-1272 is our caller number. 347-850-1272. It is time for one of our most popular uh, segments, which is called Your Thoughts, Please. But before we get into that, let's bring in the very late Dr. Princess O'Day. Good morning. How are you doing, Doc? (laughs) I'm absolutely awesome. How are you, Jay, and everyone else on the panel? We're doing well. Good. Glad that you can awesome. join us. Thank you so much for fitting us in your Sunday schedule. All right. It is time for <laughs> YTP. Your thoughts, please. Here's our first topic. Online radio at its best. Announces bid to become UN Secretary General by Sean for the yournewswire.com. Barack Obama has announced plans to become Secretary General of the United Nations, allowing him to advance his globalist agenda on the world stage. Isn't that precious? Online radio at its best. Okay, first of all, first of all, first of all, that's a lie. Uh, that's not the case. President Obama has not announced. Uh, his uh, desire to be the U.S. Secretary. But I know that some people have been talking to us about this, you know, because Jerome mentioned this a while back. How good would it be, Jerome, if he was the U.N. Secretary? You know, I I think that, um, you know, the Fox News of the world and people who do propaganda, they do it very strategically. So they're saying this so that he won't become UN Sec- um, Secretary General, right? So they're but jumping the punch. I mean, they're jumping the um, jumping the whatever gun because they feel like yep. that's where he's going to be. I know he's going to be there. I'm sure he's always in the mind when the um, I guess the UN Ge- Secretary General when their term is up, they start looking around the world for somebody who can um, as an ambassador to a many nations. And he should be the obvious choice. So they're jumping the gun, trying to try take him out of the ranking. They want him to come out to say, no, I don't want to do that, and I have no plans for it. He should not say a word. Because the people who hated him while he was president still hate him. And they hate the fact that, you know, he's getting any kind of notoriety, right? Because once he, once he becomes worldwide, you're going to find that since Trump diminished the U.S. standing as far as leadership um, across the world, across, you know, all over the planet, what's going to happen is that if President Obama becomes U.N. Secretary General, then the U.N. will be the place where justice resides. 
the U.S. doesn't have a lot of teeth, but it does have the pulpit. And so you want to talk about how mainstream major media will cover every U.N. meeting. They will cover if um, President Obama's there. You know, Mr. Elias, uh, as much as I want to embrace that and say, hey, I am down with uh, O.P., you know, was Obama, I am down with uh, Barry, O-B-A-M-A. But Mr. Elias, think about this, man. How can this happen? Because, you know, when you think about how they select the next U.N. secretary and that whole thing, I mean, the founding members, which are China, France, Russia, the U.K., and the U.S., they have the ability to veto anyone that's recommended. So do you honestly think that in the age of Trump or even, you know, even if you look at it from a global stage, people may say, you know what, we don't want the U.S. to be in charge of that because then here they are trying to push their global agenda. Your thoughts? Well, if you put him in charge of it, I don't think they would think that, but... But he's not... Who's going to vote? Do you honestly think Russia... With no Russian president yeah, forever, no, no. they can veto it. So I don't yeah, think he ever quite sure they to would. Secretary. I'm quite sure they would. Russia most definitely. Um, everybody else, well, Russia and the United States would definitely veto it. I know that <laughs> they would vote against it. So you know, there you go. Wow, wow, that's the stage so, of Trump. I, so, man. so. Yeah, well, you look, even if Trump wasn't in office, I mean, when you look, like I said, the countries are China, France, Russia, the U.K., and the U.S. Now, okay, let's say that a Democrat wins the next election. You still have Russia in the mix. And so there's no way that, uh, you know, I don't think there's no way it can happen because these guys, especially with Putin in in charge, he'll just say, ah, not going to happen. Don't like Obama. He threw us out. Don't like Clinton. Don't like well, nothing about that whole administration. So guess what? We're done. Well, think think about it, Jay. There's a lot of um, UN um, Secretary Generals that the U.S. did not like. You know, I forgot who. I, I want to say it was George H. Bush, but maybe not him. But it was one of them who just uh, wanted to disband the UN because the Secretary uh, General at uh, w- who was there at the time was pushing more of an agenda that had to have equity because the U.N. general said, look, the Africa or, or the planet has more black people on it, like heads of state, than anybody else. And then they got mad at him for saying that. It's true. So that governing body is not a whole uh, European body. The U.N. is supposed to represent all of these representative nations. So... When the U.N. does that, they start diminishing the role of the U.N., but they don't abstain. I mean, they abstain from the vote, but they don't actually go in and tell the U.N. what to do. Russia doesn't, and the U.S. doesn't. That's a misnomer. That's why, you know, people like Trump and and the folks before him, not Obama, but the Bushes, that's why they wouldn't pay them. They were like, no, we're holding back your money, because they don't tell the U.N. what to do. So I'm sure in their bylaws, there has to be, yeah, they probably can say um, the founding whatever can object, but it may be like Congress, right? Like, if you can override the veto, I guarantee you the pressure that's going to come on them if somebody like President Obama's there, you can have China, Russia, and the U.S., but remember, 
um, when they tried to give um, sanctions against Israel, they sanctioned them at the U.N., the U.S., Israel, and one other country abstained from it. Like, because they knew they weren't going to win. It, the vote was like 270-something to three. So, technically, I think you can overwhelm them with the vote, too. It's not un, uh, uh, unimaginable that President Obama will be there. We just know the hate for him is strong. And, and you know, I'm still not, um, I, I don't know a good way to put this, but I, I'm, I still don't think that President Obama, I think in his fairness and his balance of fairness, I don't think he's actually good for pushing one agenda more than the other. I think that he has the ability to make um, everybody feel like a little bit more harmonious than anything else. But President Obama, if he was anywhere near this dude Trump, hell, he would have let out all, all of the political prisoners in this country. And Obama did not even reach out to do that. You know what I mean? They ease laws to get more people out of prison. But there are some people who are flat out in prison for trumped up stuff that he could have been like, look, we need to start working to get them out. And I don't think he had, he didn't set forth an agenda to do anything with, with people specifically who look like him. What he believes as a uh, philanthropy and his philanthropy was that if he helps everybody, obviously it's going to help black people. Whereas Donald Trump is like, I'm going to help racists. <laughs> he don't give a rat about helping everybody. He just does what he does. So anyway, I think it's totally possible still. He doesn't give a rat's tail about uh, helping anybody. You're absolutely correct Anybody. About but you know, correct about that. But speaking of which, since we're talking about my favorite president, uh, let's get to our uh, next topic, shall we? Online radio at its best. In the weeks and months ahead, we'll be kicking off more initiatives and opportunities for people like you to get involved with the Obama Foundation's mission. That mission is simple. We want to inspire and empower people to change the world. And we hope you'll be a part of it. Head over to Obama.org and join us in shaping our next chapter. Thanks a lot. Online radio at its best. All right, Mr. Elias, big problem going on with the Obama administration, well, with the Obama Foundation. A lot of community activists are coming out against it, right? People in Jackson Park are saying, look, we want you guys to sign a CBA, right? A, com- a community, what is it called? A community uh, bargaining agreement or something? A benefits agreement. Where they're saying that if you bring this foundation into this area, we want to make sure that you can promise us that you're not going to do what a lot of communities have done, right? You're going to have this, and let me slow this down because you know I get tongue-tied sometimes, gentrification process going on. And so it's going to raise taxes. It's going to force people to move out of their homes. But the Obama Foundation is saying, no, we're not signing the CBA. What do you think about that, Mr. Elias? Well, if you think about what Jackson Park is, they blocked uh, – I forgot it was a business that was coming there. Oh, it was the Lucas Museum. And that Lucas Museum was going to create God knows how many jobs, and they blocked it. So, um, because they said they wanted to preserve the right for the Jackson Jackson Park, but, you know, yeah. Jackson Park, man, it, it, it needs the upgrade. It really does, man. You know, and I mean, it, it's coming up. Don't get me wrong, it's like the Bronzeville area in Chicago, so it's not bad, but, and it's Hyde Park, 
So it's around that area. But yeah, I, I can see I can see their point. Just like like in Indianapolis, how they 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 brought a new they brought they brought the businesses back downtown and they 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 got rid of all the black folks out of there and they they bought those houses for little or nothing, you know. Oh, also you saying you see their point as far as why they would want a CBA to make sure that the community is covered. Mm-hmm. That's what you're saying. Okay. Yeah, I see well, that let me point go to you, that. Dr. Yeah, most definitely. Let me, let me go to you, yeah. Dr. Prince Zodik, some of you dabble around this type of stuff. So, you know, once again, why do you think this, the, the Obama administration, the Obama Foundation is saying, no, we're not going to do that? Why can't they sign a community uh, benefits agreement? I was going to say that. that. That's pretty strange to me. Um, I don't know why they wouldn't. Um, because it, I mean, for the, for the nature of the agreement... To protect the community, which is what they're trying to do, which is help and protect the community. The only thing I can see is that they really can't say what could happen, or you know, you, you can't draw a big conclusion on. Okay, if I sign this agreement, then I'm saying that this or this or that is not going to happen, and you can't just say that is not going to happen. You can hope and. Um, you know, it's like you, you can do everything that you need to do to protect and prevent things from happening, like, um, you know, taxes and, and any situation as a result of this wonderful thing that you're doing, but you can't just guarantee it like that. I, I can see that, I guess. I, I Now that I talk about it, I guess I, I can see why he wouldn't sign it Although his initiative is to protect the community, he's not going to... It's like signing a guarantee. And until he's done with the project, you don't know what's going to happen. And some things are just inevitable to happen. And it's not like it's a bad thing. It's just some things are inevitable to happen. Some increases may take place. Um, If it betters the community, things are going to, you know, prices will rise, you know. Things will happen, and the first thing they'll do is come to him and say, oh, you didn't follow the agreement, when in fact it was just the inevitable things that took place as a result of this wonderful thing, you know, and it's not his fault. So, well, you know, Jerome, the thing is, and, 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 and let me tell you, well, here's the deal, and this is what the people on the other side are saying, the people are saying, the people who want the CBA are saying, look, bottom line is the Staples Center in LA, when they built that, they went into a situation where they signed a CBA. There was another situation where one of the big colleges, when they added a new uh, um, a recreational center, they did the same thing because they wanted to make sure that they had good ties with the community and that that would lead to getting some favorable uh, contracts uh, with the city. Now, here's what the CBA, here's what the, the, the community organizers want. What they want is they want an agreement that would freeze property taxes within a two-mile radius of the Obama Center and guarantee a significant guarantee set aside of new housing for low-income housing folks in the area. Here's the reason why the Obama folks are saying, look, we're not going to sign this. The bottom line is that, first of all, we've already signed an agreement with a minority-owned a company, a construction company that's a conglomerate of minority-owned businesses, and say, look, you have to give contracts to minorities, you know, gays, 
lesbians, you know, so we're covering all the groups that we're concerned about. And what we don't want to do is sign a CBA with your group, then all of a sudden next week another group is coming by and saying that, hey, they represent the community as well. So Obama pretty much is saying, uh, Jerome, trust me, I got your back. But some people are not down with that. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't, I don't um I don't know if I look at it that way. I, I know those, um, and I've seen those agreements before, in, um, just in doing work um, generally in some boards I've sat on. I, I think that it's tough. Like, so for a presidential museum, library, whatever they're called, for him to not think globally, uh, I shouldn't say him, because this, this is not President Obama who has this issue, right? It's the foundation of whoever is the, the board that that puts together these um these um buildings and um, building projects so here's the thing they're not going to sign it because the city needs to sign it right because they can't control what happens outside of it so if they owned all the property they could be asking hey you guys are not going to tear down these trees or these houses and they probably have plans to do whatever they were planning on doing when they first built it there, and they're not going to to scale back their plans because they built the presidential library. So it's a, it's a really um, I don't know how I feel about it generally, but I don't think it's up to them. I think it's up to the city to do. So for the community to ask them to do it, the the foundation won't. They're not the ones who raise your taxes anyway. They're not the ones who make that determination. It's the city that does that. So you can't yeah, go to an organization and say, hey, what you say? No, I'm saying is, but you know, if you know how that works, we've seen this happen before. When they start building all these new buildings, property taxes go up and they force people out. And they, you yeah, know, that's but, just the way it works. Yeah, but it's not the person who builds the buildings issue, right? It's, it's like the regentrification of Harlem. We saw what happened when the Clinton folks put their offices down there. They regentrified that area. Yeah. But it wasn't the yeah. fact that they had a choice in it. It's the fact that you have to get your legislature, the city, or the um, politicians to make sure that does not happen. So it's not the person who builds the building that you have to have an agreement with. You can stop that person from building other things in there by saying, hey, if you if we give you this land, you are not going to keep expanding me on this park. But you can't stop the city from not taking another investor and then buying the, the building across the street and doing something with that. That's a city issue. So those bi- those are non-binding agreements, but they're agreements that you won't do something else. Not that the city won't raise your taxes or your your property taxes won't go up. That's not you that determines that. They, they knew that was going to happen generally from the city standpoint when they approved building the building. It's why they bidded on having, you know, the Obama li- uh, library there. So they were like, hey, we want you to come here. It's going to help the community with funds and tourism or whatever. Um, but the community says we don't, we don't want a regentrification to happen. So those, those are yeah. tough. That's a, t- that's a tough thing. Don't go. Yeah, it's yeah. tough because it's, it's the it's city that determines what your tax, your property tax, and your county, um, who's going to raise your property taxes. That's not yeah. the person who's doing yeah. the building. 
So it's tough. Um, it's a tough call. Pull back on the Obama t- wouldn't sign it because that's not up to him to determine your taxes going up either. Well, you know, I mean, people have done it before, but I think it's a tough call because you're right. I mean, you just never, you don't know what's going to happen, but uh, a lot of the community activists there, people are saying, look, this is $500 million that they're going to bring in here. Don't say no to this. Don't bite off your, your nose and spike your face. Then there's other people saying, look, we respect what President Obama did when he was a community organizer. He was sticking it to the man, but now he is the man. Let's see, can we squeeze one more in before we get out of here? Online radio at its best. Let's get to our kicker. Okay, and that is the Twitter spat that's happening between Alec Baldwin and the president. They've both been quite active this morning. Would you like to do the first dramatic reading? Yes. The, the president's first one. Okay. So, this was the one that he did originally. He tw- he fixed this because he misspelled stuff, but it was still the same problematic tweet. Alex Baldwin, whose dying mediocre career was saved by his impersonation of me on SNL, now saying playing DJT was agony for him. Alex, it was also agony for those who were forced to watch. You were terrible. Bring back Daryl Hammond, much funnier and a far greater talent. That is a funny tweet. Okay, so Alec Baldwin uh, does appear to be enjoying this. Here's his response. Agony though it may be, I'd like to hang in there for the impeachment hearings, the resignation speech, the farewell helicopter ride to Mar-a-Lago, you know, the good stuff that we've all been waiting for. His second tweet to the president was, looking forward to the Trump presidential library, a putting green, recipes for chocolate cake, a live Twitter feed for visitors to post on, a little black book with phone numbers of porn stars. You're in and out in five minutes, just like... And we'll save the last one because it it went a little downhill from there, didn't it? I don't know. How could it go downhill from there? Oh, it could. Online radio at its best. Oh, man, Mr. Elias, I want to just stick this one in here because you're right. While everything was going on with Russia and everything, this guy is in a Twitter war with Alec Baldwin, which, by the way, I think uh, is the best Trump impersonator. Your thoughts, Mr. Elias? Jesus Christ. Well, Alex Baldwin. <laughs> Alex. Alex. Alex Baldwin. The guy spells dying. Yeah. D-I-E-I-N-G. <laughs> this is an idiot, man. This guy's an idiot. Oh, my God. He's an idiot. Yeah, man, look, man, it, it, this dude, it, I mean, why are you in the Twitter war with this guy? Why? Why are you concerned with him? Because that's all you have, nothing else to do. Your your whole presidency is a joke, and and you, you are just unbelievably stupid. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. This guy is a dummy. This guy is an idiot, man. You know, the bottom line is, is that, you know, once again, Jerome, all the things that's happening in the world, and this guy is in a Twitter war with a guy who plays him straight up to the point. I watched it again last night. It is hilarious. But the unfortunate thing about it is it's actually imitating real life a guy who's sitting at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Your thoughts? Joe <laughs> <laughs> was laughing. Joe was laughing. I don't have to say about this. No, I'm just no, saying I'm that. So your thoughts on this whole, this whole fight between this clown and uh, Alec Baldwin? Well, I think, you know, you're going to lose, first of all, playing with a comedian. That's, that's what he does. Yep. So that's all he do is exactly. crack jokes. So Trump <laughs> is more funny. He's not funny or smart. So technically he don't want to, you know what I mean? That's a losing, losing combination. But you know what I don't like about this is that, What's what that? happens is that if, if just listening to the folks read the tweet, 
it seems like they're still downplaying how crazy this is, right? So although they feel like they're having fun, I think they're laughing like, at I, it. I, mm, I don't, I don't think the guy was per se more than they were like. We need to keep this serious, above board face on this craziness that's going on. I, I, I think just across the board, we still try to legitimize him. Like we need to respect him, and he, that dude is a clown, and you cannot do that because what it's doing is it's still keeping. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I understand keeping hope out there, but we are yeah. are creating our own monster in this case. But yep. anyway, I I just kind of feel like, you know, he. I, I watched, by the way, in Saturday Night Live did start out last night with Alec Baldwin doing a, um <laughs> doing his Trump. So you know that we're going to roast that fool all day. So. All day. He's an idiot. Dr. Princess O'Dea, what say you? Your thoughts, please, on this. Well, <laughs> first of all, I, I agree. You know, you don't go to war with a comedian. You, you, it's a losing battle. But, when you, but more importantly, what is going on with your life as president that you have time to even address it? And it also states to his insecurity, his his, um, his um, narcissistic, narcissistic self. It's it's just sad. It's it's embarrassing and it's sad. It, it, it's so sad. Like he can comment on that. He can he can comment about someone speaking, a, a comedian talking junk about him, but he can't come. Yep. And he'll he'll be more quick to do that than he'll be quick to take the mic when there's all these shootings going around at the schools and talking about some real issues. You know what I'm saying? It's just sad. It's it's absolutely sad. Unbelievable. It is unbelievable. It is sad. It's a talk, sad and talk about mental ill and and talk about mental illness. It also brings a you know I would say consciousness to the fact that he is mentally ill himself he has a mental issue and it's it's just really sad and that person is running our country god bless america there you go uh yeah we we need all the blessings we can get all right listen we're going to step out that's it for this week's edition of or should i say just this edition of your thoughts please we'll mix those in throughout the course of the year just because they're very very popular all right listen pastor jones checked in he says where's johnny d well, Pastor Jones, you are in luck. The rest, the official texter of the serious side has checked in. We'll talk about, we'll, I'll read what he had to say uh, in the next segment, and we'll step out and take a break. Third and final set of the serious side is coming up. Don't go anywhere, folks. I appreciate you hanging out with us this beautiful Sunday morning. We'll be right back. Say 
uh, Rush Limbaugh spoke. Made a little bit of history. Uh, we were somewhat lost as a uh, as a as a group. We had just elected the first African American president, and that was a big deal. And that was a hill that we got over, and it was something that we were all proud of. And we weren't sure what to do. And uh, a little bit of cynicism, what do we do? This is a terrible thing. We elected Mike Steele to be the RNC chair because he's a black guy. That was the wrong thing to do. Welcome back in, 347-850-1272. Let's say good morning to all you great people right here on the TGRS Radio Network. Good morning to our panelists. Say good morning to the very lovely Dr. Princess Do you good morning, ma'am? How are you? I am super fabulous. I'm amazing. How are you, Jay? How's everyone else out there? Everyone's doing well. I just want to buy you a watch for your birthday. Let me know when it happens. All right, the man, the smartest man in the world, the one and only, the Mr. Jerome is free. Jerome, man, good morning. How are you, sir? Hey, good morning. I'm well. How you doing? Outstanding. The man who gets the first and last word. My right hand, Mr. Elias, is in the house. What's up, Mr. Elias? Good morning. Good morning, sir. Good morning, everyone. Mr. Elias, can we say hello to some people in the chat? Uh, or yes, we could. Are you mobile? Uh, no, I'm not, man. Okay, why I, you do uh, that? Some, some, some people, I mean, the, the right. chat is not opening up for me this morning. But that's okay. Uh, that's right. Well, uh, we got plenty of people uh, to say hello to. Say to hello to people those. on the phone. We got we right, got go Vanessa ahead. with us. With, hey, Vanessa. Vanessa with sister with us, and and happy birthday to Bobby, Bobby Jones. Bobby, Bobby Jones, nobody. Bobby Jones, happy yeah. birthday. Thinking about Vanessa as always. It's been a tough, tough, tough time for her, man. I just keep her in my prayers all the time. Let me yeah, say what's up to Rosemary. What's happening, Rosemary? Steph's in the house. Good morning to you. Sophia's in the house. What's happening? Of course, I already mentioned uh, the pastor, the pastor deacon, Stephen Jones from Richmond, Texas, is checking in with us as well. Mitch, what's happening to you, Mitch? Bernard, what's up, Bernard? How you be? Betty, Becky, uh, who is this? Crystal? Just a lot of people checking in. Let's, uh, the resident texter is in the house. My main man, Johnny D, he's checked in. Let me read some comments that he made about our last segment. He talked about the CBA. He said, the CBA, Jay, your commentary is absolutely, re- I guess you meant correct, regarding the Obama Foundation suggesting that it's about good faith. However, the community is correct in requesting the re- agreement. This is a suitable way of increasing property taxes and replacing the low-to-middle-income families with affluent yuppies. Yep, 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 he's right. Let's bring in our social director of the TGRS Radio Network, the one and only Jackie. Good morning, Jackie. How are you? I'm doing great. How's everybody doing? Good morning, Jackie. Outstanding. Good morning. Outstanding. What you got, girl? Good morning. Good morning, Jackie. Good morning. I just want to say on the social media front, if you would like to keep up with the TJRS Radio Network, we have our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages. They now all have the same ending handle for that Facebook.com slash group, Twitter.com, Instagram.com slash TJRS Radio. 
And of course, if you want to email, the email serious side way to keep up the conversation during the week. So please do so and join us on social media. And if you want to know more about the TJRS Radio Network, email and check us out on our social media page. And all of those links are in the chat room. All right, look at Jackie on top of it. You know, the thing is, folks, y'all got to get ready because I know most of the folks, you know, I look at the demographics and it, and it talks about the age of the folks who listen to the show. And all the people that's in that range, man, you guys got to step on off. Get off the social media platforms that we monitor. I know it's a tough thing, but head on over to those sites so we can stay in communications with you that way. And, and then that way Jackie can respond back to you. Stop sending me stuff. I'm tired of it. All right, listen, uh, First of all, let's say this. Uh, a third and final sentence here, a few minutes to get into it. Uh, this is something that happened last week. And, Jackie, we're going to leave you here. We want your commentary on this. Uh, this happened last week, uh, and we didn't get a chance to talk about it because of the fact that we exist in the world of Trump. Michael Steele, former GOP uh, chair, uh, well, at the CPAC, it came out. One of the guests at the CPAC stood up and said, well, the reason why we put this guy in place it was because the Democrats elected a black president, so we wanted to have a black person that represented the GOP. And, and, uh, and everyone was incensed by that comment, including Michael Steele. Here's my question, Mr. Elias. Would it happen? You and I both know we said the exact same thing. The reason why they put him in charge is because they had a black person in the White House. I don't understand why Michael Steele is so upset behind this. Because he thinks he does he really think that he got there based on his merit? No. Yes, yes he does. Yes he does. Yes he does. He thinks that. And the bottom line is, I mean, he is living. You no, know, look, man. Everybody, it's not. It's not something that's a secret. Hell, we knew that from the very beginning that they put him in. You got a black guy. We need a black guy. You need a black guy. We need a black guy. You know, and, and and for all those people who say they're not racist, and you can't give me one good reason why you don't like you didn't like President Obama, you're racist. You know, I, I guys at work tell me that. You know, I'm not racist. I just don't like the way he he took away our guns. He's talking about taking away our guns. Never took away your guns, partner. Well, you give me give me something else to talk about. You are watching Fox News too much, and you are lying to yourself. Look, Michael Steele needs to be honest with himself. The bottom line is the only reason they put him there is because they got a black guy in charge at, at, at the presidency, so that they put a black guy in charge of that. Let's call it. Let's call it spade a spade, man. That's what they do. They gon' they gon' they, they might Jerome, be all done. But Jerome, here's the deal. I, you know, look. At first, I didn't like Michael Steele because I heard about some things his sister did, and you know, and it's all this money situation. But you know, he's a, a commentary on MSNBC, and like most Republicans who go there to vent, you know, Nicole Wallace, she's no longer an uh, active Republican. She talks about them like she's a Democrat. Even Joe Scarborough uh, really lights up the uh, Republicans. But here's the thing about Michael Steele. For him to sit here and think that the reason why he was put in charge, now, he, according to him, that this this was already in the works. No, it wasn't. Okay, maybe it was. And they were like, okay, if the black dude wins, then we're going to put him in charge. If McCain wins, then mm-hmm. guess what? You sit back in the back of the bus. You house Negro. I don't understand how he thinks 
and why he's so upset, Jerome. That's the thing that kids me. He was oh, he was so upset. So he had one of his longtime friends, and I can't remember to commentate his name on his Sirius FM uh, uh, radio show. And I should have this stuff in front of me, but I don't, unfortunately. But uh, so the guy goes on and says, you know, you have said some bad things about. The- Look, I love you. We've been together for a long time, but you said some bad things about the Republican Party, so, hey, man, you just kind of got to be patient. And he was like, what? What are you talking about? I don't have to do anything. I'm a black man who was fully qualified to lead the G. As a matter of fact, when you go back and look at it, the, the, the GOP, they had a lot highest fundraising during that time period. Now, he could take credit for that, Jerome, but I think the reason why <laughs> – <laughs> that happened is because they say we got us a Negro in the White House and we need to get him out of the White House. So I don't think it didn't matter who was at the helm at the time. But what's your thoughts on this whole thing about Michael Steele being upset that, you know, the truth came out? You were put in place because President Obama won the presidency. Yeah. Point blank. Yeah, I, I think that was, uh, if it wasn't you. obvious to him, right? I don't know yeah. who, like, that's how he got out. Right, so he was there, and then at some point they had no use for him, so they voted him out. Like it was, it's you go. very obvious to me from the outside, but maybe he didn't know. Maybe he thought that they liked him, but then technically this is a problem with a lot of black folks in this country by thinking that you know folks love them when they know they don't. They go against their own interests because they're like, hey, you know, the Stacey Dashes of the world don't really mean to call her out, but oh God. who who. Who say, well, culturally, we want our culture to stand up differently and not be Democrats, so we're joining this other side, knowing that other side don't have anything good for them, right? So instead of staying out of the game, they figure, hey, we'll take a chance with them as long as they're pacifying them. But I think everybody and their mother knew that he was there to be put a black face up against a black man. It's, it's an old trick. So I don't know why he wouldn't have known opposed to anybody else. He should have known. That's the problem. You know, the thing is, you brought up Stacey Dash. She was one of the YTP stories that we didn't get a chance to get to. But, I, I mean, good God, she, she's a – oh, my eh. – the one thing I'll say about Michael Steele is, you know, you can say what you want. You know, one of the things that I – now that I'm so involved in politics, you know, I had an epiphany. Well, I shouldn't say that, but Dr. Princess O'Dea, one of the things that I recognized after I had gotten so involved in politics that, you know – Uncle Phil was a damn Republican. I mean, you know, Carlton Banks, they were Republicans. And so, you know, you followed that, you know, even though we know it's satire, we know it was situation comedy, but at the end of the day, they were Republicans. There are black Republicans out there, so I'm not going to knock you if you are a black Republican, I guess. But, you know, here's a guy that talks about how his blood, sweat, and tears. Now, he'll go on MSNBC and says that the Republican Party has a problem with racism. Now, riddle me this. How many black folks you know, if, they, if, if, if you are a part of something and you know that racism exists, would you remain a member of that? And we're not talking about jobs because, you know, look, people work in places that they know that's your livelihood. The Republican Party is not paying that dude jack to, to, to borrow one of uh, Jerome's terms. Terms. They're not paying him jack. He, he, mm-hmm. he, he's not in charge of the RNC anymore. So then why identify with a party that you know are racist? What say you? Well, um, okay, first of all, 
then was different than now, I think, in, you know. What does that mean? Say they were Republicans. I mean, back in that time. That time, it, I mean, it was just different. America, it, it wasn't so obvious that, well, I, I do. Because I've, I've voted Republican before. Quite, a, you know, some years I did, you know, so. I mean, hold on, whoa, whoa, um, stop, 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 stop. How many times did you vote Republican? That's going to determine whether you remain a member of this show. How many times? But I did and I did I don't I don't claim myself or label myself to be Republican nor Democrat. I am for the people and I'm a liberal, so whatever it worked at that time. And I well, I voted for a Republican because that's what worked for me, I thought was good for, I, I thought it was good. So, and I think back then you're talking about, I don't know if they're Republican still, I'm not sure. If, if we talk about today and someone voting Republican today, we're in a whole nother era. Things are a lot more um, obvious in terms of its racist um, um, foundation. So I think that a lot of people would would shine away from that because, you know, even for anything that they stand for or whatever, (laughs) it's obvious that they are not for the people. So I believe that a lot of people would shine away from being Republican or calling themselves a part of, you know, you know, labeling labeling themselves as a Republican. Um, So whether you're black or white or whatever color you are. Um, so I, I think it's just different, but yeah, I, I've been, I've voted Republican before, but I wouldn't call, I yeah. never have called myself Republican, but I have voted for Republican. Well, 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 Jerome, let me ask you this, Jerome, because this is something that I think about a lot. You know, one of the things that happened during the 2016 election where you had a lot of Democrats who didn't, who weren't really Hillary fans, but they held their nose and they voted for them. So why are we against black Republicans? Because I have a friend that's a black Republican. Actually, I have a couple. And they're telling me that the reason they voted for Trump was because they wanted to get their taxes lower because they got a little money. Uh, but they said, hey, we voted for him for that reason and that reason only. We were a one-issue voter, and we voted for him because of that. And I'm like, do you regret your decision? They were like, uh, we probably will, but time will tell. So they, so even these guys, which are some of the coolest cats you'll ever run into, but it's all about their pocketbook. So they held their nose and voted for Donald Trump. So why should I give them grief when a lot of re- Democrats did the same thing for Hillary Clinton? Well, okay, so, I mean, I've done um, a lot of Republican races, right? So it's not uh-huh. that I haven't voted for Republicans. Um, I my thought about this is you can't let Democrats go unchecked because Democrats are just as bad as Republicans in a lot of cases. Their policies socially is different than very much than their policies on um, on, um, on on their social interaction because all of them kind of fit under the same under the same um, umbrella. For example. Early on in President Obama's term, you had the um, Blue Dog Democrats. They were just like Republicans. So if you had a more moderate Republican, 
I would have voted um, Harry Reid up out of there because Harry Reid didn't help President Obama at all. I don't think Chuck Schumer, and he's in my state, I don't think he's very good. So if there's sometimes there's a choice that you can have somebody on the Democratic side that's not, um, I don't know what the word is that I'm looking for, but you can have people on the other side. And like I said, you know, as far as um, personally, I, you know, and I, very, I know I very rarely talk about myself personally on that, but I know that I've done a lot of Republican campaigns, but I do take them as individuals more than I do for party. I think the party sucks. And their agenda generally mm-hmm. sucks for everybody. But I can right. see how someone can vote Republican because they know the person or they um, have confidence in, in whatever issue that they are looking at at that moment in that particular election. So if somebody is voting Republican or somebody's Republican and they're saying, hey, we're against the sewage treatment plant in your neighborhood, then technically you're going to vote Republican. So we still have to be smart. And we can't just let Democrats go unchecked because as we start watching, and especially this happened after Obama won, you had a lot of Republicans switching to Democrats, and they're still doggone Republicans. Don't be fooled by Michael Steele or um, Nicole Wallace, although I watch Nicole's show, and I really don't, you know, I have a little bit more issue with Chris Matthews' show than I do Nicole's because at the moment, yeah. Because at the moment, our um, interests are aligned. Nicole does not let anybody get – she's calling people crazy when they're defending Trump. Like, she's saying to them, you know, yes, you have a Republican uh, agenda, but our democracy is about to hit the tank. Like, you have to have a bigger – I don't know if you ever watched Game Change that was on HBO with Woody Har- Harrelson. But God, Nicole I watched Wallace, it three or four times. Yeah, <laughs> Nicole Wallace's um, character during the, during the race with um, – John McCain was that she was saying we can't let Sarah Palin in here, right? She yep. is just that crazy. Like we can't do that. So although I don't, I don't like her. You know, I didn't really like her on the View. Couldn't really stand hearing her talk kind of on the View. On her show, she has to be the reasonable person amongst the crazies that she's with. But that don't mean I like mm. her. Do you understand? Yeah. So, and Chris and Chris Matthews in comparison, he likes to fight. You can't trust that dude because even as we talk about progression uh, as a community, Chris Wallace is not the friend of black people. Don't believe that either. So, you know, we have choices to make, but we need to step out and sift through this stuff opposed to believing that just because somebody will have black people on the show that they are down with black folks or just because they're black that they're going to help black folks in the agenda. We have to have several different agendas moving forward without um, – Forcing everybody to be on the same page all the time. So yeah, I have done. I've actually done more Republican campaigns than I've done Democrat. Yeah, I remember but you told us that a long time ago. Oh, look at you. Yeah. See, so you're the reason why uh, we have gerrymander. I'm just joking. All right, hey, hey, let me ask you a question. Hey, hey, uh, hey, hey now, hey now. Cause, I'm joking. Cause I said I was you. joking. I said I was joking. Okay, but let me let me put this out there since I just said that. One of the things I do um, say to people in I don't, um, I don't threaten people off, and I don't really do that. But I can tell you in private, I usually will tell a candidate, if you do something that hurts my folks specifically, I am going to work for free to get your butt up out of there. I mean, I will say that to them. So I have done that when I've done Republican campaigns, yeah. That's good. I've done that with right. I feel a lot better. 
Yeah. Well, don't, don't believe yeah. that. Yeah. I don't go for the money all the time. That ain't how that works. Ah, work. uh, look at you. Uh, look at <laughs> That's you. That's when I was younger. That conversation. <laughs> 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 yeah, that conversation at a later date. Let me ask you something, Jackie. Could you vote for John? K- would you, could you vote for John Casey, the Ohio yes. governor? You could. Uh, no. Why not? He's no. he's, he's moderate. He he looks at some things from a democratic point of view. Would you would you prefer to have him in office than than, than Donald Trump? Well, mm. I'm sure of that, but I I don't know how we got on that road. But I was kind of. Focus on uh, the question. Oh, because I was focused on the Michael Steele one. <laughs> that, well, let's um, talk about. It. Give me your thoughts on it. What are your thoughts on this whole thing with Michael Steele? You know, you know, just flabbergasted and like, oh my God, yeah, I can't believe I someone said that when we all know it. that's the reason why it happened. Hmm? Oh yeah. Well, I don't get high flabbergasted. Like I said, I don't believe none of these parties have our best interests. At all, anyway. That's why it's just it's nonpartisan. <laughs> but I'm just, I don't know. I, I'm, once again, with the Jerome, I can't go against um, anyone that does not have my people's interests as a heart. Yeah. Um, and for me, for any, just personally me, for any black person to be Republican, that's just a straight. Yes, the master moves to me. That's just, I'm just, that's just me. That's all that, hey, look, that's the only thing that's important, as long as it's just you. All right, folks, great show this morning. Uh, listen, coming up next, Chatterbox, and, ooh, excuse me, on a need-to-know basis with our main man, Jerome Spree. I can't wait to get that. Oh, man. All right, folks, listen. We'll step out. We'll take a real quick break, and uh, we'll be right back after... Uh-oh. Are we taking a break? I don't know, Miss Delia. I'm locked up. Maybe you can take us to break, sir. I don't know what's going on here. Well, join the club on that one. Okay, once again, it's live radio, so we'll just sit here and shuck and jive until we can get this thing back going. Um I'm not sure what's going on here, but anyway, uh, let's uh, let's talk a little bit live radio. Let me see, can I jump in from another angle here? Huh, interesting. Well, while we while we're trying to figure out a way to get out of here, let's uh, continue the conversation, shall we? People don't want to hear this. So, <clears throat> but you know, when you talk about black Republicans, you think about Michael Steele. Let me be honest with you. The only other Nickum poop that I think of, and I'm not going to call Michael Steele that because Michael Steele, to be perfectly honest with you, he, you know, he is, in my opinion, he does make sense with a lot of things that he says, especially when he's bashing Republicans. But that freaking sheriff, out of where, who was that guy with the, the cowboy hat? I, I mean, he's out of, he's out of, of Wisconsin, Milwaukee. Wisconsin. Yeah, I mean, these guys, you know, our, our, our. Our founding fathers, with founding fathers, our, look, the people, Dr. Martin Luther King, all these guys, you know, they gave their lives, and they, put, they went out there to try to make sure our people were free and all these different things. I can't understand how folks can honestly be a part of the Republican Party. Can you vote Republican every now and then? Okay. But to be a part of that party when you know that party doesn't want you, it's crazy. And the first thing that they bring up, Jerome, is that, well, wait a minute. 
the Republicans were the ones, you know, Lincoln was a Republican. Republican, the Republican Party was. Yeah, he didn't really want to free the slaves. Look at it. Well, I know that, but what I'm saying is that's the first thing that they say. And you go back and look at the history of the '60s; it was those Southern Democrats, you know, George Wallace and those guys trying to keep segregation in place. So that's what they're trying to lean back on. But the bottom line is, the Republican Party has shown you that they don't want you. So why are you still trying to be a member of them? I just don't understand it. I don't get it at all. I don't get it, Jerome. Right, but again, people have, um, you know, some people are angry like at other black folks. So what I've found is that black Republicans are um, usually people who just don't want to be with all the other black people, right? So uh-huh. they figure, like, if you want a power grab, for example, it's easier to get power in the Republican Party as a black person than it is the Democratic Party because the Democratic Party will totally ignore your butt because they think they own black people. So I can see why they do that. So if you, if you want to run for office, for example, a lot of people will choose to go on the Republican side just to challenge the Democrats because they can't get them out. So, you know, we are creatures of comfort, you know, generally as humans. And um, if the person in office isn't pissing you off, he normally just stays there. So sometimes you get bad politicians who stay there for years and people find as an option, you know what, I'm going to join the Republican Party because y'all being stupid letting this other dude run y'all. So sometimes it's just people being disgruntled. And other times, it's people thinking, hey, since there's so few black people over here, we're smart to be over here. There's people liking to separate themselves. So there's a lot of reasons why people choose their party. Um, uh, back in the, well, I should say back in the days, probably in the 60s, 70s, you know, I know on local politics, the count, our, where I live, the county was Republican. So if you wanted a county job, you pretty much need to be registered Republican. And then the people in the city were Democrats. So sometimes people, I know my uncle told me that years ago, is actually my father's uncle, but he said that years ago. He said, that's why I'm a Republican, because for me to work where I need to work at that time when I first came here is that I needed to be Republican. So we have traditional yeah. reasons why we're Republicans but, <clears throat> or, or Democrats, but the problem is, yeah that Democrats are just as bad as Republicans when it comes to race. So don't think of it as race. Yeah. We just take, we're just making a choice. Okay. And when we have another choice, we'll change that. That's true. That's true. You know, but I guess just to put a bow on this thing, you know, we, when we think about this whole thing with, uh, like I said before, I, I, you know, the thing is, I kind of, I like Michael Steele, to be honest with you. I, I think that he's one of those moderate Republicans that, um, that will, you know, vote on, you know, the issue. It's not a situation where we're talking about racism. So, you know, listen, I, I, I kind of like the guy. There's no doubt about it. But for him to sit here and think that he was put in that position because of all of his hard work, uh, I, I think that we're being naive if, if we think. And he's really being naive because that's the first thing that uh, when he was put in charge that I thought about. Elias, I think that's the wrong break in, Mr. Elias. The wrong break, man. Uh, all right, listen. Let me let me read a post from uh, from from my man Hawk here. He says, "Michael Steele to the listeners. Michael Steele has served honorably uh, in a party in which he has been a part of for 41 years. We should never discredit the service and make a mockery of his purpose because we don't agree with his political affiliation." I agree. The comments made by Ian Walters—that was that clown's name—was racist and unfounded. It took 
Michael Steele until the sixth ballot to be elected as the president of the RNC. So the notion that it was a mistake for the RNC to vote for Steele and the fact he was black was the reason he was elected may not be as authentic as stated by Walters. Clearly, Michael Steele was a pawn. There you go. And in the CPAC and RNC game of politics, but we as African-Americans should not demean his accomplishments. I agree with that. I think the guy has done some wonderful things, but I still think that the guy was a pawn, and the fact that they put him in charge there was because of the election of Barack Obama. Okay, so now, Mr. Elias, you have the right break ready. It's the break that says today's date, and it has third break. You see that? Uh, uh, nope. I'm sorry, folks. You have to be here. We're going to try to figure this out. Uh, <laughs> if we can't get to it, uh, why don't we do this? Why don't we go ahead and uh, let's do Chatterbox, and let me see while we're doing Chatterbox if uh, we can uh, get this thing going. I apologize, but uh, something is really going wrong mm-hmm. around here. All right. Yep. All right so let's, let's do this. Let's do Chatterbox, Mr. Elias. Let's read a comment. Well, you probably have to reset. Let's let's, let's read let's read some comments, man, from uh, from some of the folks, man, and uh, and then I'll read oh, a comment. Yeah. Then we'll go ahead and let Jerome do his thing. Oh, you can't get in. Nope. <laughs> nope. Okay, let me I'm read frozen. a comment. Okay, all right, let me read a comment here from uh, the pastor because uh, that's the only one I pulled up. All right, he says, "Look, where prayers goes, where prayers go up, blessings must come down." Your show contribution. Your show's contribution to the African-American dialogue, not only in this country but worldwide, is truly a blessing. Please keep doing what you guys do. That's from Pastor Stephen Jones, Richmond, Texas. All right, let's get into on a need-to-know basis. We don't have all the fanfare that we usually have. Jerome, man, let's do it because we're having some issues here. Man, what do you have for us this morning? Mm-hmm, okay. Wait a minute. Um, I'm not gonna get a beatbox intro or something. <laughs> I'm just oh, there it is. Mr. found it. Bam. There we go. No, All right, there it is. So now it's time. It feels a lot better too when we do it this way. Now it's time for on the need to know basis with our main man Jerome is free. Man, what do you have for us this morning? All right, so you know what? I'm I'm not stopping Black History Month with me. So <laughs> we're gonna, there you go, three six five. There you go. So what we're going to talk about today? And I know you know I could go through the regular um, Carter G. Woodson, um, which is which um, the guy who Trump knew, uh, Frederick Douglass. I could go through them, but today we're going to go to. Uh, I, I want to talk about Claudette Calvin who was arrested before Rosa Parks, you know, Claudette Calvin, um, on September 5th, she was um, the first person who pretty much, you know how we kind of make jokes about the first person who did whatever um, um, in very silly history facts, but Claudette Calvin would not get off the bus. I think she was 14 years old, and um, she fought a bus driver, cursed them out, Fought the police when they came, and she got arrested for not moving. So Rosa Parks, who was a recording secretary of an organization that was fighting um, um, for civil rights, decided, strategically decided to have Rosa Parks sit on the bus 
in that move because, you know, she wanted to take the hit opposed to having younger people take the hit. But Claudette Harbin was the person who kicked off the bus boycott, and it was not Rosa Parks. So although much respect to Rosa Parks and everything that she went into, um, that she went through, Claudette Colvin is the person who kicked off the um, the movement for the bus boycott. You know, I never knew that, man. I, I, I mean, I yeah. never knew that. Wow, I never, I never knew, I never. Wow, learned something they new today. She wow. wasn't, she wasn't the right age, and I think she was pregnant at the time, or she had a baby or something like. Is that, that. right? But they said, wow. Yeah, they said that she Good was stuff. not the right age. Yep. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't want her taking a hit because she was so young. She was really young. But again, she fought the police. She, she cursed about and whatever. Like she was like, you know, that whole non-violent. Everybody just kind of meditate their way out of this club at Tav and went out fighting. <laughs> like the club was not playing with them. Really? So, you know. So I just want to give you the distinction. But she sparked the um, the bus boycott. It wasn't that. You know, you watch this stuff during Black History Month where, you know, Rosa was like, my feet hurt, I walked all day, and blah, blah, blah. That is the watered-down version of Black History. She strategically came in there kind of gangster saying, I'm not moving, because they knew she, she knew she would get arrested. It wasn't like she was pleading with them. She intentionally got arrested that day. But that Calvin, on the other hand, wasn't moving. <laughs> he was like, uh, it's on. So, <laughs> just, wanna, just wanted to start off by... Um, with that you know I know I haven't done these numbers in a while but according to the Washington Post only 3% of the country owns 340 million guns 3% so 9 million people own 170 million guns that's nearly 10 guns per person so as we keep talking about gun debate I just need you to keep those numbers in your head. Ten guns per person. Only 3% of the people have guns. Now, yeah, that's right. Again, that's that's mysterious, yeah. He's a part of that. Yeah, that's mysterious. Yeah. Don't, don't call him out. I think black people need to own guns. Don't spam my business out there like that, man. You know, All right? I can I, I say this for the record. I think black folks need to have guns because that's problematic, right, that we have We can go to mysterious and get them. And they're, and they're not <laughs> – in the black community, right? You know, when I work with white folks, man, these white folks keep buying guns. And I'm like, why are they buying so many guns? I'm like, they're getting ready for something, so I'm going to be ready for something when they come with it. (laughs) Yep. Hey, you know, actually, I was in the store one time, and this guy, just randomly, he was like, oh, yeah, I got 26 guns. I mean, I don't know what that means, but whatever to them. I don't think that we need to limit new people from getting guns, I think the problem is the people who are stockpiling weapons, ATF need to probably find them. You don't need to go look for one person with one gun. Anyway. Roland Martin um, said it best, man. If if black people, if every black man would go out and buy a gun tomorrow, they've changed. They've changed. They've changed the gun law immediately. Yeah. It'll change before black people got home (laughs) with their gun that they just bought. (laughs) You're right. You know, it is like a, I you'll, that. <laughs> you'll see a line like a brand new Chick-fil-A just opened up. Like, it'll just be people right around the corner. All right. So, you know, Israel-based company um, Celebrite, which um, has become a, a U.S. government contractor, 
said that they could unlock iPhones. So if you have an iPhone, the government now ha- is able to unlock the operating system iOS 11. So remember that was a big deal that, you know, Apple went to court and they would not let the, the government look inside of an iPhone. They are now putting out news stories that they can actually open iPhones. I don't mm. know why they're publishing this, but apparently they're trying to let you know you can't run. Right. All right. Now, Amazon bought, uh, just bought this smart doorbell firm, Ring, for $1 billion. That's ahead Ooh. of their plan to expand their service and deliver packets inside your home while you are gone. So, mm. you know the commercial, the Ring doorbell? You can unlock Yeah, the I got one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my, my yep. brother has. So, yeah, so Amazon just bought them. So when you order Amazon package, they're, I guess they're saying when the driver shows up, they can ring your your doorbell, or they'll ring the doorbell, and you can actually unlock the door to let them in. Mm. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm not seeing that so well. <laughs> no, me either, to be honest. Yeah. Now, one in 14 American women smoke while pregnant. Um, that's according to wow. the CDC. They said more than really? seven percent. Yeah, they said more than seven percent of American women who gave birth in 2016 reported that they smoked. That's from the Center yeah. from Disease Control and Prevention. That seems really. Yeah, they not high, give a damn about their babies. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to say about that. Oh, you know, and also in another um, study from the University of Pittsburgh. Breastfeeding reduced a woman's risk of heart disease for up to 15 years, according to this new study. So, why do, from the University, of why, why, do, why do they think that's so disgusting, man, to see a woman breastfeeding? I don't, I, I don't, I don't know. get that. Yeah, that's, that's I just that. I think people are, I think people are perverted too, though. I mean, I, yeah. I don't know why. You know what I mean? Like, so it invokes something in their head to see somebody's breast. I think. I mean, we're we're prudish. <laughs> At the same time, we're perverted. It's really weird. But, yeah. But among women with healthy blood pressures during their pregnancy, breast, breastfeeding for six months or more, six months or more, um, has heart health benefits, is what this new study says. Mm, that's good, man. Yeah. I, I, I see people, man, if somebody's out there and they're breastfeeding or something like that, it, that's so disgusting. I'm thinking that's the most natural thing in the world, man. Yeah, I, yeah. It, it, it's weird, but like I said, we are prudish like we're perverted. It's weird to have a combination of that in us. It's like being a liberal yeah. conservative. All right, so um, many Americans have been calling on companies to end their partnership with the NRA um, since the school shootings. And, you know, Delta, Life, uh, Delta Airlines, MetLife, Hertz, the, all of those guys have cut ties. But, you know, right. Delta Airlines has been um, the state of Georgia took back a subsidy, a tax subsidy from Delta Airlines on their fuel tax because the 13 people who were registered under the NRA um, membership program in Delta Airlines, uh, when they cut it, the, the uh, legislature is saying, you can't cut NRA people. That's discriminated against <laughs> us, so they took away their tax subsidies. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's really convoluted. I know I stuttered over it, but here's the problem. It's hypocrisy, man. It is hypocrisy. Exactly, because that's that's just like if if you're if 
you're a private, if you're a company, remember we, Republicans normally go through this. If a company wants to stop you from doing something, that's their right to do it. Remember the whole, right. whole, the right. whole deep or I can't remember what company it was, um, Hobby Lobby. Remember they sued because they didn't want to give the women birth control on their health insurance kind of thing? And they kept right. saying, a company has a right to do what they want to do, and we can't legislate it. So once they leave the NRA, it's like, oh, you can't do that. That's how right. Republicans, that's hypocrisy of Republicans, right? You can it do is. anything you want to do unless it goes against what I want you to do. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Now, uh, Denmark will double the punishment for crimes committed in poor areas under a new proposal. So the so-called special punishment zones will be set up in underprivileged areas in Denmark to crack down on crimes such as theft, vandalism, and threatening behavior. So get this. If you're in a rich neighborhood and you break a window, hey, you'll get you'll get a fine. If you're in a poor neighborhood, you're probably going to go to jail. What? They have a new... How, they want to double on, the in certain areas. That sounds like redlining already, you know. Yeah. But they're just in poor areas, they're going to charge you double what they would charge you in a rich area. Wow. Hence, everybody that go, is um, ridiculous. Yeah. So everybody just goes to rich areas. Didn't Sister Soldier say that? What time? Yeah. And everybody yeah. kept saying it was that Bill Clinton. What is it, his Sister Soldier moment? She made the same yeah. statement. Denmark just yeah, put that in the Yeah, go to Richard. And, and that's the, how dumb is that for them to say something like that? So if, if I really want to do something, I'm going to go to Richard and commit a crime. Right. And I'm not, it's not going to be as harsh. It's not going to be as harsh. You just open up the door. You just open up yeah. the door so, so for your neighborhood to get tore up. Yeah, the, the sad thing is if we watch the news, we watch that rich people don't get punished anyway. So no, that's for sure. That, that's, yeah. already, that's already been happening. What's the affluenza? The affluenza case? Affluenza yeah, that, that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm too, rich, I'm too rich to know that I can't go around uh, kicking puppies. <laughs> hey, <really? laughs> All right. Now, now, Japanese and Singaporean passports are the most powerful in the world. The, U, the UK remains. Um, Germany is third. UK is fourth. And the US is fifth. So if you have a passport from Jap- um, Japan or Singapore, you can visit 180 countries. Mm. And um, Germany, um, who is second, they um, you can have like a, they got to have 179. And France, Italy, Spain, Denmark, Finland, Sweden, North, South Korea, uh, they have visa-free access to 178 countries. Now, the U.S., Canada, Switzerland, wow. Ireland. They can, they yeah. have 176. What you say? Mm. I said, wow, that's you know, China. China's got it going on to go anywhere they want to go, huh? <laughs> exactly. People people want the money, I guess. When you can travel, yeah. just it's tourism yeah. money. Now, um, the Norwegian Nobel Institute on Wednesday filed a police report after receiving a seemingly a fraudulent nomination for Donald Trump. They said that we have good reason to believe that a nomination we received for the Nobel Peace Prize concerning Trump has been falsified. So they sent it to the police. (laughs) (laughs) Now, 
the, the director said the the Nobel Institute <laughs> director said that he uh, refused to provide any further details, saying that it was the police. Um, it was for the police to give more information. They're gonna find somebody at Fox yeah. News. It was yeah. Sean Hannity, y'all. Now the television industry excludes uh, exclu- excluding. Uh, exclusion of female show creators and people of color has gotten worse since the new seating season, according to a new study. So creators of new shows from 2017 and 18 season were 91% white and 84% male. But here's the interesting thing about this story. Like, you know, women are only behind about 16% of the new shows and minorities are um, 9% or just, you know, 9%. The outlook is worse overall in uh, representation in previous seasons. So this season is so bad that even the bad season of last year looks better. <laughs> like, it's weird. Damn. <laughs> yeah. So they said the wow. all-new broadcast shows had white creators, and the study proved further mm-hmm. evidence that audience preferred diverse content. So films with cast with 21 to 30% people of color had a higher median global box office return and the highest median returns on investments. Investments. Now, meanwhile, movies that cast mostly white um, actors had the lowest median box office returns, but made up a majority of the 2016 films. <laughs> By the way, people of color. Tell them something. Yes, people of color account for the majority of ticket sales for the top five of the top 10 films. And they also really? account for the majority of ticket sales um, for the top 25 films anyway. You know, Isn't that, that reminds me of when they wow. when Denzel Washington did that the movie and they said he wouldn't be a, a global appeal for it and he ended up they ended up selling more than what they thought they would sell. It's just ridiculous, yeah. man. They always put us down. Yeah, I was trying to think of the movie. It was um The Equalizer. The Equalizer, yes. Yep, yep. Yes, and even Wesley Snipes talked about that because they didn't think Blade was going to do well. He, he recalled that after while he was talking about the Black Panther and how um, happy he was about the returns of Black Panther. He recalled the story about talking to one of the movie heads, and they were telling him, you know you don't sell overseas, and you can't <laughs> sell overseas. Right, okay, right. So, yeah, and so speaking of that, Black Panther – Inspired is what they're saying, but this is kind of bull as a story. Um, Walt Disney Company to donate $1 million to the Boys and Girls Club. So they're sending it to their STEM, the science, technology, engineering, and math programs, and they're establishing new STEM centers of innovation in Atlanta, Baltimore, Chicago, New York City, um, Harlem, Hartford, Connecticut, Memphis, New Orleans, Orlando, Philadelphia, Washington, and Watts in Los Angeles and Oakland. So they need to get more than a million dollars because they're going to hit a billion dollars in about two weeks. <laughs> Black Panther is killing them at the box office, which goes back to our own story of why black people are buying more movie tickets than everybody else. Exactly. Yeah. Now, you know, Chevy Chase, you, you, have you ever watched that TV show Community? No, I've not yet. I've yet to watch it. Yeah, it's it's the one that, Donnie, um, that Donald Glover was in or – Childish Gambino was in, 
You know, the, a story came out from one of the writers, Dan Harmon, who was a writer on that series. He said that 74-year-old Chevy Chase, formerly of Saturday Night Live, said to Donald Glover, people think you're funny because you're black. And he said that he made those those racist remarks to Donald Glover to throw him off because he was jealous. Wow. So they said he was intimidated by Glover's talent and would make snide racially charged comments in between takes. And they asked, they asked well, Donald Glover. Well, yeah, he never said anything about it. Donald Glover has never said anything about it, but he did say he understood that he was just old and he was hanging on. <laughs> That's what Donald Glover said. Like, whatever it is. Well, now I don't feel too bad because he got beat up not too long ago, so I don't feel too bad now. All right, we have time exactly. for one more drone because we got to get out of here at the top of the hour. So what do you have, man? Okay, so the NFL signed a sponsorship deal with Pizza Hut hours after ending their Papa John uh, agreement. <laughs> Good. Good. Thank God. Good. Yeah, so you know they have the feeling in saying that they they should actually be harder on the players and peace out to Papa John. Peace out, peace of the gut. <laughs> That's right. That's a good story to end. That's a good story to end, though, man. I'm so glad they got rid of that little short neck. Anyway, I don't want to go there. All right, listen. It's time for final thoughts. Doctor Princess Odea, uh, give us your final thoughts. You have 30 seconds, Mr. Elias. She has 30 seconds. 30 seconds, Dr. Princess, I'll do your final thoughts. Okay, all right. Well, um, 30 seconds. I just want to say great show um, and um, keep hope alive. I believe the transformation is so. Remember what I said and what I say each week. Get your vision boards together and create a vision for our country because we really need it. We need some positive energy out here. And um, have a wonderful and fantastic week. Thank you. Wow, that, she did it. All right, Jerome, man, final thoughts. Wow. All right, wow. it's just a quick story that I missed, but, you know, there's a new club naked in Stockholm. So in Sweden, they encourage guests to come naked. And if the guests leave their clothes, uh, take the clothes off, the entry is free. And, of course, it upset a nearby <laughs> church. But good night and think about that for the weekend. If you're in Sweden, club <laughs> oh, naked. Oh, boy. Beat me down. <laughs> Thank you very much, wow. Jerome, for that. <laughs> Still the man, final in- thoughts. Look, folks, you, you see, we got an office. Look, get this, get, get Donald Trump out of office. Don't, don't, don't play games. Twenty eighteen midterm elections are coming. Put people in a place that's going to help you, not help themselves. And that's what the Republican Party is doing right now. They're helping themselves to more money. Good stuff. My final thought is, folks, we appreciate you hanging out with us. Sorry for the technical difficulties. You know it ain't us. We'll continue to try to improve the show, but we thank you so much for being a part of it. Thank you to my main man, Johnny D, as well, for participating. And to everyone who's out there, remember, if it's Sunday, we're talking serious stuff. Mr. Elias, what time is Oh, look at that. Mr. Elias, if it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, what time is it, my friend? It's time for the serious side of the J. Wow. Show. Folks, it's been a pleasure serving you. So until next time. For Dr. Princess Odia, for Mr. LES, for Jerome Spree, for Jackie and all, and Johnny D, I'm Jay Rob saying have a great work week. And remember, if it is Sunday, we're talking serious stuff. It is the serious side. God bless. We'll see you next week. Have a great work week, folks. Take care.